Today we are going to start a series that is going to take us from July through August, and we're going to spend the summer talking about new life. And if you, if you can, as you see down there, it says the old life is gone. And we'll see throughout this series a lot from 2 Corinthians 5, specifically as we look at, and just, just to hold and kick us off today, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed, and behold, all things have become made new. So as we, as we think about what new life has and we're, we're well into the growing season, so if we think about back to when it started, maybe, what we, what we did as you planted, as just an astute gardener that you may or may not be, if you have a green thumb, maybe, hopefully, is started with seed and soil. And that's, that's the preparation of new life, to be able to start there. And then in order to help grow that plant, it's going to need nutrients and water. And, and those are, as we go through this series, we're going to look at healthy habits that are going to be key parts of our life. And then as we walk through those and we mature our faith, we are going to bear fruit. As a plant matures, it bears fruit. Both in our lives, we bear fruit in maturity and the fruits of the Spirit and the character that we become as we become more like Christ and we hope to become more like Christ. But then also the fruit that we bear in others. And so this is just an outline for you as we talk about kind of those three phases of the series. We have preparation, and then we have a time to talk about those habits. And then excitedly we get to talk about the results, the maturity of those habits as we look. So just a highlight of things to come for you guys over the next couple of weeks here. As, as we go into this New Life series. I get the joy to not only give you the outline of this, but I get to start us off today with identity. So as we do that, this is something that always gets me, and this is just, just to share a little bit of like an internal struggle that David has, if maybe completely unique to David. So did you ever go to like an event or a gathering and they hand you a name tag and it's blank? It's panic, what do I put on this? a name tag. You'd think it's fairly self-explanatory, but I don't know why. Still a little bit of panic. Because I'm like, I don't know what to put on here. Do we just put our name? What are we supposed to put? I don't know. I like the ones that they say, hello, my name is. Because then I'm like, all right, this helps me. It gets me there. I'm going to start with my name. So I can do that. I can fill that out. I am equipped to do that. And today, I'm going to have you guys do this too. So I'm going to pass out some note sheets. There's an instruction. Okay, they have name tags on them. Do not fill them out. Wait until prompting, please. Thank you. So now, everyone has a note sheet with two blank name tags on it. Now, if you guys are anything like me, or maybe some of my children, I have just handed you a red button and asked you not to press it. And it's just like, oh, I gotta do it. Okay, so do this for me. Listen, instructions, take the top one, and go ahead and put your name on the top half of that white space. So the top name tag and the top half of that, almost like what we see here on the screen. Go ahead and put your name on the top half. Leave some room to write underneath it. And don't take it off the, the sticky paper. First and second. Yes, sir. That sounds great. Middle if you can squeeze it in. Or if you'd like to. You don't have to. Second, second, second if you got one. Okay. All right. So hopefully you guys... Don't have the panic that I do, and you appropriately and properly and were able and capable to fill out your name. Whew. We are accomplishing things today. All right, so now, below that, I mentioned at the beginning of some of, the, the, some of these gatherings, 
it's, it's helpful. It's like a conversation starter if you put other information. So if we were to like identify ourselves, we have identifiable information associated with every one of us, right? So go ahead, uh, address the, on the second, on the back of there, there's a self-addressed envelope to David Deglo. Fill out your name, put your social security number, bank account, please, how much. So this is accurate, identifiable information. This is some of the ways that we describe and define ourselves. Maybe not, though, information that we would be willing to, hopefully, put on a name tag. All the same, though, it helps us get to where we want to be today. These are, these are attributes of us. More likely, to describe ourselves, we use things like these, our hobbies or our activities, maybe our training or our job. Maybe a role we have is like a father or a husband or a pastor or something like that. So these are, these are roles that we have. Or mentalities, like just so you, I'm going to fill, I'm going to give you an example of filling mine out in a second. But all of these, though, are things that we often use to describe ourselves. So let's go ahead, and I'll give you mine example. Take a couple, take a minute or two, and just write down on that second half. Now we're still on that top name tag, and on that second half of that, the lower portion of that top name tag, go ahead and fill out something that you would use to like introduce yourself with, to describe yourself. So I'll use mine as an example. I said, I'm an engineer. I kind of, hopefully not in a prideful sense, I kind of feel that I'm a pretty hard worker and I'm pretty handy. So those are things that I would like use to describe myself. So take a second and put something there, a couple of word descriptions that you would use to describe yourself on that top name tag. Still not taking it off. So we're not going too deep, so we'll, we'll, we're going to move low. So I just filled mine out while you guys were doing yours. So here's my real one. Not the big one on the screen. This one has handwriting that you can't read, so you know it's mine. The, the thing about this, though, some of the things that we just talked through, even some of those, like, those PII things, those are temporary, right? Those are associated with us, and we ourselves are temporary. And all of that. So all of those are temporary, and they, they offer, I would say, more simple information. But when we talk about identity, it leads us to, like, big, kind of huge fundamental questions. Things like, where do we come from? Or, or, or what are we made up of? So are we just like, what you see right here, is this, this pile of flesh and bones, is this what David is? Is this what defines David? Or is there more than that? Is there something intangible? Maybe a soul, perhaps. Or like, how am I here today? Now that's like a bit of a, not like a, how did I drive here today? What roads did I take? Not, not, not that, but think about like, where did I come from, my family lineage? My, my immediate family, or like the life events that sit yourself in the chair today before you drove here. That, that sort of, how did I get here? Or like then there's, then there's like a huge grandiose question of what is my purpose? So it's these kind of things that we still ask ourselves when we think about identity and we've, you know, filled out our name tag and it's not quite cutting it if we look at what we've done and there's a bit of a mismatch. So when we look at that and we struggle, hopefully we're able to go to Scripture and find reassurance, be able to find truth and a foundation that we can stand on. So if we're going to want to understand where our identity comes from, let's go to Scripture. We're going to spend today in two verses. It's actually on your note sheet. It's beside your name tag. And we're just going to keep it Nice and easy, so that if you guys think about identity, or if in the future you have time and you're like, 
want to talk to someone about my identity, or I want to be reassured of my identity, that you know that within a packet of two verses, we can go to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. You can certainly find it other places, and we can provide a lot of supporting text. But we can stop in one place, and so that's what we're going to do today. So we're going to read it here, and you can read it on your note sheets or up on the screen. I tried to supply the same translation for you. And I've included some space there, so if you'd want to take some notes as we read, and we're going to unpack this after we read it. 1 Peter 2, starts chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Short as those two verses may be, they are jam-packed with information. And even just the first couple of words have some phrasing that I want us to walk through. So we're going to take, and it started, the verse started with a chosen race. I'm going to take and just appreciate these. The fact that it says chosen race implies a couple of really powerful things. The first two of the, the blanks in your note sheets are loved and planned. I wanted you guys to physically write those down so that you can receive that affirmation of truth that being a part of a chosen race, that you are loved and that you are planned. And that doesn't just mean that you as an individual. That means that your path through salvation that everything is planned because we have an awesome creator who is all-powerful. And all of that goes to reassure that. Then it talks, it says race. So there's a function of group identity there. And it's a bit of an interesting one because what it's not saying is that you have to be of a particular race to be able to claim this identity, a particular physical race, right? What it's not saying is that. What it is saying, though, is that once you accept this, that you become part of a chosen race. Meaning that the Bible, continually throughout Scripture, says that, especially the New Testament, is that as the gospel is expanded, that you do not have to be just part of... The Old Testament starts with the founding of the Jewish faith, but then it grows from there. And all Gentiles are welcomed into the faith. But there's a thing there that it's not just we can accept this race and still have, like, our race. We'll see later there's two challenging points in these. And this was one of the first ones. That it means that this race, this identity, starts to become more important than your biological race. It usurps it. So I don't want to say that you as a function of being a Christian, have to give up your biological race. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I am asking us to affirm is that as a function of being a Christian, that becomes a higher priority than a given biological race. It doesn't mean that we can't affirm and live out our race, but that that is a part of a priority step that we need to be able to take and make. Verse goes on to say that we are a royal priesthood. And so the, the important things that I wanted to create a distinction there is that it gives us a direct relationship with God. And that is to, not, to say that we do not, I, do not have to go through a human mediator to be able to go to 
and enter into a relationship with God. I don't have someone standing in my way. What I do have, though, and let's not confuse that I'm not belittling, is that I do have a chief priest. I absolutely do, but that's Jesus. That's no human that stands in front of me and says that I am the mediator between you and God. That dysfunction of a royal priesthood also is pretty neat because if you look at the Old Testament, there was lines of kings and there was lines of priests. Right? And those are two different things. And what the text here is saying is that, that those are coming together. So there's this really interesting thing that's happening that's, that's kind of continuing down the road of the old is being put away and establishing a new. God is saying that in the kingdom of heaven that we can come straight to his throne. We don't obviously sit on it, but we can come straight to it. But it also is priest. It says that now that gives us a role in ministry, right? Priests have a role, they have a function. And that's, uh, that speaks, it starts to unwrap our purpose and what our purpose is. So we're going to get to that in a second. I'm going to ask that we just hang that up here for just a little bit as we unpack some more of these. Next says that we are a holy nation. So holy implies being set apart. And so here, the emphasis is that there might be, or should be, some distinction between us and the rest of the world. And that might feel uncomfortable, but that should be normal, or that is normal, because we are called to be set apart. We are called to be holy. And so we shouldn't think that when we are going up against culture or that we are being challenged by it, that there's something wrong because of that. So just because we are uncomfortable doesn't mean that we are in the wrong state of mind or thought. The other thing is, so this is group identity. This, here's a repeat. So I mentioned that there's two challenges here. And here's, here's my second one that I, I found, at least, as I was looking through the text. So... Um, we had a group identity with race, and it's not just like a control C, control V, like I accidentally copied it wrong. It's in here. What this says is that when I affirm that I'm a Christian, I am doing something. I am saying I may be a citizen of a nation, but I am putting that aside or right here. I'm not forsaking it necessarily, but I am setting it aside and saying that I and first and foremost, a citizen of heaven. So much like race, I'm not diminishing it, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. But what I am saying is that we want to focus and bring our priority. The whole identity that we are building here is focused on things eternal. And so much like we want to celebrate today, or, or this weekend, rather, July 4th. I'm not saying that, like, oh, David said in church, so we can't go do that, so... Everyone put your hot dogs back in the freezer, and we'll figure out what to do with the buns, because I don't know. Put bananas in them, a little bit of peanut butter. It makes a great peanut butter banana sandwich. That's just a good thing. So I'm not saying that. <laughs> saying that we can celebrate that, but understand that it needs to have a role, and it needs to have its proper role. And this last one, this one, I thought, man, we just take a second and read that it says that his own possession, that... That is talking about God, and that is talking about you. I just, I found that so, that, that right there, just him and me, 
That's awesome. Think about, um, who here has been to like a hard rock before? Like a hard rock cafe? Yeah? The walls of hard rock, the hard rock cafe, right? There's all kinds of like guitars or suits or maybe costumes or something like that. And, and they're, they're in special cases with a light, right? So that seems like they're pretty special. They're just clothes or a guitar. What makes them special is whose possession they were. They're given value because of whose they were, not what it is. It's just threads or it's just a guitar. But their importance comes from whose it was. It's because we are given value because we are God's possession. It also points again to the fact that we, as our bodies may be temporal in nature, that we should have an eternal focus and purpose. Because we are his possession, and he is eternal. And I think it's fairly realistic to say that we have an eternal purpose to fulfill. Now that's a lot to unpack, and we've only made it like two lines into verse 9. See? It's a lot. What we're going to do here is we're going to pick up in verse 9 where we've just finished our, our deep dive. And uh, I think we're gonna, I'm going to have some fun with you guys, and we're going to draw together. Is that okay if we draw today too? So we're going to fill out name tags, and we're going to draw. We're going to have fun today. So let, let's, let's pick this stuff back up for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All right. So you guys have a note page, and it's blank on the back side. So go ahead and flip it over. Now on this notes page, don't worry. I'll show you mine too, and it's going to be terrible. So we don't have to have incredibly good drawing skills. And if you do, please sit quietly in your chair and don't brag. Okay. We're going to draw a plant. Smaller kind of plant. Important elements that I would like you to include as you draw your plant is a nice stem that you could write along, please, and at least four leaves that you can write by or in, and go ahead and put your, ground on, your plant on the ground, include some soil underneath because it's a plant and it grows in soil. Um, so go ahead, take a second, and I'm going to do the same. We'll, we'll play sketch artist for just a minute here. So in, in life group, I'm just going to tell you a little story as we're, as we're drawing here. In life group, We've been, we've been doing a lot more drawing with our lessons. And A, I'm a visual learner, and B, I've just enjoyed it because it simplifies and it helps me remember what we're doing. And so that's what we're gonna, that's how we're gonna do this today. So again, full disclosure, I promise. Here's my plant. All right, we're gonna take, as we go through the rest of these verses, and put some things on our plant. That's a little small, but it's okay. We've, we've already read it. On the petals, we're going to put the four identities that we talked through and kind of expanded on. And so those were, those were here. I have them on the screen. So a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and his own possession. So go ahead and fill those in on your leaves. All right. So now we have assigned our leaves. So as we, as we keep reading in that verse, it says there's a that. So that kind of gives us what we're going to do with those or what function or purpose those serves. So to understand that the leaves of your plant is going to speak like a proclamation, right? Leaves are very visual. It's what you see on a plant. 
And so those are, those are attitudes, aspects, identities of what that plant is because of the fact of what the, what the stock is. That's where we're coming now to the stock, right? So those come from the fact that once we were not a people, but now you are God's people. So now, if you have hopefully still room, on your stock, go ahead and write God's people. And then we're ending, we're closing verse 10 with the statement of, we had not received mercy, now we have received mercy. So mercy is the seed at the bottom of your plant. It is the roots, depending on how mature your plant is. Redemption, grace, mercy is the seed. It's what starts, what creates and pours out of our identity, that creates the stock that is God's people, that are to be the different functions that we looked at. So as that plant grows, that's where we get the chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, his own possession. But all at the bottom, it all starts from that redemptive seed. So as we go through the series, not just today as we find our identity in 1 Peter 9 through 10, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, I apologize, but this is still the same thing that we'll see through for our series too, just to give you a, a neat idea of how kind of weaved together, not only this, this series is only because the word is, but the fact that we are starting from, and then we're growing our habits as what God's people are doing, Again, having affirmed the foundation, we're not, we're not God's people because we're doing, right? We have God's people because of the seed that's been planted. And then the fruit of the leaves is where we will close our series with, the proclamations. All right, now, if I was you guys in the audience, I'm not going to lie, I'll give you a little more insight into David's mind. It would have been killing me what that second name tag is for. And now you get to find out. I appreciate your patience. Thank you very much. Now, much like we did on the first name tag. And take that second name tag, write your name on the top half of the white section. Right? Just copy from above. If you get stuck, anyone, Dave Ferguson, just copy from above. Now, what we're going to do is take and write on there. Everyone is going to write the same thing now. And we're going to write on there at the bottom, the second half of that, we're going to write God's Redeemer. Because as we've spent a little bit of time unpacking these two verses, that is our identity. Now, here's where it gets extra fun. Take that second name tag, what I would like for everyone to do, take that second name tag, go ahead and put it on. Now, the hint for you guys was with the very first name tag. I told you I was an engineer. What I didn't tell you was that I have put special glue behind this and it cannot come off now. Now, what I'd actually like to ask you guys to do is try wearing that name tag today. That's part of proclaiming who we are, right? It, it not only tells me when I look in a mirror, but it tells other people, oh, if it were only that simple, that our words and actions would say what our name tag would say. Try that out today for me. And then think about what that means. If this is the identity, just because it says it on this cute little name tag, that I wear today, and it's gonna be like a reminder on me. Think about what it would mean if I would like put that name tag on and that would be my identity every day. That I'd be able to say it right here. I'd see it in the mirror when I woke up and I could affirm who I was. And I could go to the Word and I could understand 
again who I was and whom I was. And then what my purpose was, all because I can find my identity in him. That second name tag is a little bit of homework for you guys. Sorry, I guess it's the first name tag. It's the only name tag left on the paper now. I'm not big into wasting, so I don't want to waste it. You guys have a life group that you go to where you're doing family devotionals together, somewhere you're comfortable. Take some time. Try to put this name tag on when you get there. And unpack, talk with folks a little bit about how maybe we could release some of the, some of the overemphasis that we put on what was down here. It might not be unhealthy, and I'm not asking you to kick it out completely, but make sure that it's in its proper and right place behind the identity that we established today. That's what I'd really like for you to do with that second name tag. It's pretty neat seeing all these name tags on you guys. I didn't even think about that from, from this viewpoint. It is cool just knowing on what is on each and every single one of them. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you that I don't just have a name tag that says that I am your redeemed. God, but that I have, I have your word. I have scripture. I have a savior who has told me, who has affirmed and given me his life to state that I am your redeemed. And that is awesome. And I thank you, God, that we could just spend today enjoying it. God, and that our enjoyment would take, um, take root, that that seed would take root in the deepest parts of our life, God. Amen.